of introducing our very own Kanlali, uh, who, in a sense, herself has come from the ends of the earth to speak with us today. Khan is an educationist and has a passion for missions. She's a spiritual mentor for families of young children and a counselor for married people. Her heart and her calling is to introduce people to Jesus and begin their own faith by obeying God's word. Khan is currently working as a hospice chaplain and enjoys her ministry in Central Valley of California. She's dedicated to provide the ministry of presence, comfort, and spiritual strength for patients, uh, and families and caregivers on the end of their life journey. Khan is married to Jonathan Zinkai, and they have three children, uh, two teenage boys in high school and one girl in elementary school. Uh, and with that, I would love to dismiss the uh, kids and the youth to the fellowship hall and introduce Khan to the stage. Khan. Good morning, Christian Lehman Church. Rick, I want you to try Naga food one day. I don't know if you can handle spicy food, but our Naga food is very spicy, and I hope you can uh, enjoy the spicy food that Jonathan cooks one day. I bring greetings to all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to say thank you to Christian Layman Church for your partnership in spreading the love of Jesus to the ends of the earth in Ukraine, Manipur, India. I counted yesterday how many of you from this church have gone on multiple mission trip with us and 18 of you from this church have gone on the mission trip to Ukraine. So thank you so much for your partnership. I also want to say thank you uh, on behalf of Jonathan. He is not here because he is at another church in Santa Clara. And they are going there uh, around noon from Manteca. So we are in different churches today. Uh, the children wanted to sleep in a little bit, so they decided to go with him. Uh, but I just want to say thank you to all of you su for supporting his ministry at City Team Oakland. I know that you all are wonderful support for him. And you guys have been bringing food for the women and the children there, cleaning up the place that they are in. So thank you so much. Before we go into our sermon this morning, let us look to God in prayer. God of all nations, you love the world so much that you gave your only son, Jesus. And because we know Jesus, we have been forgiven. But Lord, there are still so many people groups, so many nations, so many ethnic groups who has never heard the name Jesus who do not have believers around them, who do not have missionaries working in them. And so, Lord, as we look into the text from the book of Romans chapter 15, I pray that you would stir up our hearts for the nations, that you would help us, you would let us think more, pray more, and have your heart on the perspective for all nations. Holy Spirit, you do your work.
convicting us and guiding us and teaching us this morning so that, Lord, as we leave this building, Lord God, we will know what is the mission that you have called each one of us. Here locally in the Bay Area, around the United States, and for those who have been called to be a frontier missionary, Father, I pray that your work in us will truly honor your name and will truly glorify the name above all names. That is you, Jesus. So in your name, we pray, and God's people say, Amen. Six, according to the missiologists, there are about 16,000 people groups on this planet Earth. We know that the population that we have right now is about nearly 7.96 billion people. Now, a people group, how do you find a people group? A people group is basically defined on their ethno-linguistic group with the common self-identity that is based on their language, dialect, their ethnicity, their religion, their caste, culture, education, politics, their ideology, and their customary laws and behavior. I want to define, first of all, UUP. What is UUP? UUP actually stands for Unreached, Unengaged People Group. Now, the Unreached, Unengaged People Group are mainly in the 1040 window. How many of you have taken the perspective class? Yes, I see some hands. If you have taken the perspective class, you probably have heard of this 1040 window. So it's 10 degrees north latitude and 40 degrees north latitude. A staggering of 2.8 billion people live in this 1040 window. So the 1040 window actually presents us very unique challenges. If we will reach this unreached, unengaged people group in this 1040 window, then we will need to face the reality that, that the risks are very huge. The missionaries that we send in this 1040 window will probably be intensely persecuted. Some of the missionaries will have to die. Then the results of their mission work may be very slow because it is so difficult to work in these countries. So what does that have to do with the text that I am going to um, preach on this morning? For I would like to, uh, the, uh, the, our technician to please um, put up the scripture from the book of Romans chapter 15, verses 14 to 21. And I would like to ask everyone here in uh, person and those who are joining us online, wherever you are, if you're driving, please don't stand. If you are, um, but if you are at home sitting, um, please get your Bible and please rise as we read the scripture together. Romans chapter 15, verses 14 to 21. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourself are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. 
Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone's else foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see and those who have not heard will understand. God's word for God's people. You may be seated. Paul writes this wonderful book, the book of Romans, and clearly articulates and defends the doctrine of justification by faith alone, in Christ alone, by grace alone, according to the God's word alone, do the glory of God alone, from chapters 1 to 11. Let me remind you that Paul had never met the Christians in Rome to whom he was writing the letter. So he spent some time here sharing his heart with them. Paul had never been to Rome when he wrote this letter. But Paul knows several of the Christians in Rome, and we read that in chapter 16. But he is confident that they are not off the track. Remember how Paul started his letter in Romans 1, 7 to 9? To all of you who are beloved of God in Rome, call as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed throughout the whole world. In this context, the Rome, throughout the whole world is the Roman Empire. Having done so, he begins in chapter 15, verse 14, and he is coming to a conclusion of his letter, and he is reminding them the important things that he doesn't want them to forget. In verse 14, we read that he is very much proud of the Christians in Rome, and there are three things that he is commanding them for. Number one, they are full of goodness. Goodness, the, uh, the Greek word that is used here is akathusonisi, which carries the idea of generosity. Paul is saying to the Christians in Rome that you, the believers in Rome, you have been generous in your time, in your effort, in your prayers, in your financial support. And we know that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, according to Galatians 5.22. 
So believers, all of us, we are commanded to be good. So then while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all men and especially to those who are of the household of the faith, Galatians 6.10 says. So the second thing Paul is admiring them is they are filled with knowledge. That means they know the word of God. You know, according to 2 Timothy 3.16, right? All scripture is inspired and it is given to us and it is good for teaching, for rebuking. So he said, Paul said to the Christians in Rome that they are full of goodness. They are filled with knowledge. And the third thing that he says is they are competent to instruct one another. In other translations, you will read, they are able to admonish one another. So the Greek word for admonish is nuthitio. It means to lead someone away from a false path into a true path by warning and teaching. It's a comprehensive word for counseling. So the Christians in Rome, three things they are very good at, full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and they are competent to instruct one another, admonish one another. And then Paul says this in 15, but there are some things, there are some things, I know you all are very good in this, but there are some things that I want to remind you. The first thing Paul reminded them in verse 15 is the grace of God that has been given to me, right? Paul not only remind here the Christians in Rome, but in other letters also he remind again and again the things that he wanted the churches in different places that he has planted. In 1 Corinthians, he also uh, said, he will remind you of my ways. In 2 Timothy verse 1, 6, he also wanted to remind his spiritual son, Timothy, for this reason, I remind you, remind them. A good teacher in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, university, where I will know that this is a very good principle to remind students so that they can know the way that the, uh, the teachers, the students can learn. So Paul is very bold in reminding them that it is the grace of God that was given to him that he is able to proclaim the gospel of God. I know that last month, was it last month or um, in June? You have just celebrated your 100 years uh, anniversary. And congratulations to all of you because God has done marvelous things through you. And by his grace alone, the work of the gospel, the work of the mission is continuing here at Christian uh, Layman Church. So what, uh, what is the second thing that he reminded them was in verse, in verse 16, he reminded them that he is to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. And he gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the 
Holy Spirit. Now, it's a little bit hard to understand why Paul is using these words like the priestly duty and then why the Gentiles have to be an offering. But in the context of the Jewish believers in Rome, they would totally get this letter. In the Old Testament, according to the Levitical priest, in order for your forgiveness of sins, they have to bring the sacrifice of animals so that the person who is bringing that offering will be sanctified. But in the New Testament, Paul is writing in such a way that the Jewish believers would understand that we don't need the sacrifice and they don't need to be sanctified by the blood, but they will be sanctified by the work of the Holy Spirit among the Gentiles. And let me give you an example. When I was working among the Hindus and Muslims in southern part of India, going door-to-door personal evangelism, I witnessed what the work of the Holy Spirit is with my eyes. I was... um, carrying this evangelism cube and the evangelism cube had the story of all the way from the creation to the resurrection and when I show my uh, evangelism cube to the family that I was sharing the gospel with the lady of the family said wait 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 I saw this picture that you just are showing me in my dream last night. And I could not sleep after I see this picture. So the people, the Gentiles, all of us are Gentiles, right? Only the um, people, any people group outside of the Jewish are all Gentiles. So how are we sanctified? How are we acceptable to God? We are all convicted by the work of the Holy Spirit. Yes, missionaries go and preach. Missionaries go and say, but the convicting of the heart of the non-believers is totally done by the work of the Holy Spirit. So it is very important for us To also be reminded by the letter to the Christians in Rome, just like Paul was reminding that when we share the gospel, the good news that Jesus loved you, that Jesus died for you, that Jesus rose on the third day, you and I are simply the agents, but the convicting work in the heart of the non-believer will be done by the Holy Spirit. See, I was there simply an agent sharing the gospel, but God had already used his spirit to show that picture to the family before I even showed up. And the next verse is in verse 17. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. Paul is very careful in saying and giving credit to whom credit is due. He only sees himself that he is an agent to the end of the obedience of the Gentiles uh, for the gospel. And he totally gives the credit to God that he is the one who saved them. 
Yes, we much pre- uh, preach and share the gospel, but only the Holy Spirit can open the eyes of the spiritually blind and raise to life those who are in spiritual death. So if we are going to reach the unreached people group, if we are going to reach the unengaged people group, we must do so convincingly that the work of the Spirit is the one who will convict and open their eyes. Many Christians leaders today uh, find much to brag about by the size of their church building, by the number of people uh, attending services, by the amount of the offering that they receive. But Paul's bragging is not of this kind. He is bragging that he can glory in Christ Jesus and that he doesn't accomplish anything, but Christ is the one who accomplished through him in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. And then verse 19, by the power of signs and wonders. Now, when we share the gospel, when we share the gospel to non-believers, I want you to know that the power of signs and wonders continue to this day. It's not only in overseas. Have you uh, read the book Ex-Muslim about Naim Fazil? He's a Pakistani pastor in Florida. And when he came here to America from Kuwait, he was born and raised in Kuwait, but he moved here to America. The way he accepted Christ is he saw the sign. He saw the vision clearly in his small apartment. If you have time, please read his uh, testimony. There is another book called The Imam's Daughter. And this is about a Muslim girl who was raised in England. And his, her dad was an imam, the leader in their uh, society. And how he encountered Jesus. So by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God, Paul has already preached in so many places, all the way from Jerusalem to Illyricum is uh, 1,000 miles. Now Illyricum... What, uh, what is the present country? It's Albania, Yugoslavia, Slovenia, all those countries. Paul has already gone. But he is not bragging about his work. He said, Christ has accomplished through me, and I glory only in Christ Jesus. So as you have celebrated 100 years of anniversary, I know that you are also bringing that glory to God. That Christ has accomplished much through Christian layman church. Not because we are good workers, but what Christ has done, right? And we continue to proclaim. And in verse 20, let us look together. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. What is Paul's ambition? His ambition is always to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. All of us, 
all of us have ambition in our life. Young, old, even after retirement, we have ambition what we want to do with the rest of our lives. But Paul knew exactly his holy ambition. His holy ambition was to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. So today I want to challenge all of us. We are not going to, all of us will not be a frontier missionary. Some of us, uh, God has called his mission to carry it out in a variety of ways. The message that we will convey to people will be the same. The mandate that we have is the same. But the manner of how we preach, how we bring the gospel will be different. There will be Timothy-like missionary pastors who already serve in established churches like Christian Layman Church. There will be Barnabas-type missionaries who serve in regions where, where Christ's name has been already named. But there are also among us who God will call to be a frontier missionary. That means you will be going to places where they have never heard the name Jesus. There's no Bible in their language where there is no Engaged missionaries working there, no believers surrounding them. Now you may ask, are there still people, groups like that? Yes, in the 1040 window. Their governments, a lot of the governments in the 1040 window, they're very hostile to Christianity. They're very hostile to Christians. So, due to the political nature of the 1040 window, a lot of the mission organizations here in the U.S., in Korea, and you know Brazil is also one of the largest sending missionaries in the world. They are now sending teachers, engineers, doctors, technicians, businessmen, who will then carry on as a tent-making missionary and spread the gospel. I also want to let you know that in America, there are 350 UUP people group. 350. In Richmond, today, this afternoon, they are going to release a Bible in the Mian language. How many of you have heard the Mian uh, or met Mian people? There are a lot of Mian people here in Richmond. There is a church there. And today they are going to release their uh, Mian uh, Bible, their audio Bible, so that the elderly people who don't know how to read and write, they can listen. Because of the immigrants that come into this country, because of the number of refugees that come into this country, because of the high number of international students that come to this country, America has 350 unreached, unengaged people group. 
When Jesus say in Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20, go and make disciples of all nations. Nations in the Greek word is da ethne, which is translated to ethnic group. I belong to a, a people group called the Naga. My tribe is Dankul Naga. My language is Dankul Naga. My ethnicity is a Mongolian. And just like me, there are so many people groups that are here in America who are unreached, who are unengaged. That means they, nobody has shared the gospel with them. And in overseas, China has the highest number of Da ethnic, ethnic groups. Next to China is Indonesia. Caitlin, I'm excited for you. There are a lot of people group who are still living in darkness in Indonesia. Indonesia, you know, is the largest Muslim country in the world. There are 17,000 islands there. Uh, only th in 13,000 um, islands, people live, right? And so many language groups are in Indonesia. So many ethnic groups are there. Now, in my Naga group, we have a lot of um, languages, even among the Nagas. We are about like 36. And then we have several dialects. Jonathan is from a different village. He has his own dialect. I don't understand his village dialect. My village, where I was born and raised until my second grade, has a different dialect. So at home, how many languages do we speak? With my parents, I speak to them in their village dialect. With Jonathan, I speak to him in Danku dialect. And when he speaks to his family back home, he speaks in his village dialect. So if you are from India, you have to know at least five, six different languages. Otherwise, you will not be able to communicate. Now, in America, how many languages my kids know? Only one. <laughs> they don't even know Naga language. And I think it's totally my fault. They also say that it's my fault that I didn't teach them. Anyway, so there are a lot of ethnic groups who are unengaged, unreached. All of us cannot go. All of us will not be frontier missionary. But all of us as believers, we should pray more and have a concern and has, have the perspective for all nations. Just like God has a perspective for all the people groups that God has made. I want to take you to a video now and tell you about how our people, the Naga people, we were once headhunters. From one village to another village, we cannot go. It doesn't matter whether you are a baby, whether you are a woman, the enemy will kill you. They will chop off your heads. And whoever has the highest number of heads brought home, they will have the power in the Naga society before Christianity comes. So if we can now watch the uh, video of how the Naga people converted to Christianity, there is two things 
that I want you guys to really listen to this video. One of the older, elder person in the video say two things, and I'm going to ask you if you guys can catch.
Thank you. So that's the Konyak Naga tribe, and I am in the same people group, such as the uh, Konyak. And I would also like to go to our next slide. The first missionary that came to our people group, his name is William Bedigrew and his wife, Alice Bedigrew. They came in the year 1896. William Bedigrew reached India when he was only 21 years old. He was born and raised in Scotland, but then when he came to India, he joined the American Baptist Foreign Mission Society. So he became an American Baptist uh, missionary. He came to our tribe in Ukru when headhunting was still practicing. But remember what I said in Romans, by signs and wonders, the chief of the Dankul had received a dream that a white person is coming to his village and you are not, uh, you are not permitted to kill him. So that's why William Bedigrew started. He was an educationist. He started educating the Dankul Nagas and by educating them, he shared the gospel. And the first church that was planted in our next slide is Pungyo Baptist Church, 1901. And all of us who have come on mission trip to Ukraine have attended. So these are my, the next slide. These are my adopted Naga brothers and sisters. You have sent from your own people to the ends of the earth. And this is a wonderful reminder of how God can raise people, an ethnic group like Tankul Naga, from darkness to light, so that we can experience the forgiveness of our sins and be free from the power of the evil spirits. Jonathan became a Christian very late. He was, all, he was already a teenager. He grew up worshiping and trying to please all the evil spirits. But when the missionary, William Bedigil, came, he is the one who freed us from the power of all those evil spirits. And he is the one, because of his obedience, just like Pungyo Baptist Church, there are about 360 churches in the hills of Ukru. In our next slide, you will see the inside of the church. Thousands of Tankul Naga worship the true king now. Because of one man's obedience to go to the ends of the earth and be a minister to the Gentiles. And he brought the Naga people as an offering to Yahweh, to God, because Naga people were sanctified by the work of the Spirit. So what is your ambition, church? What is the goal that you have in your life? For the rest of your life, what do you want to accomplish? What is your ambition? In our next slide, I'm giving you a proof that the CLC um, members that you have sent 
by supporting them financially, also by supporting them in prayers, that they were a testimony of God's faithfulness and how they spread the love to the ends of the earth. Ukrul is very far from here, and there, uh, the facilities that we have are very, very limited. And all of you who have gone there have er- really experienced it. You guys uh, went out of your comfort zone. We don't have hot running water there. We don't have uh, good. Uh, we don't have electricity. We don't have good roads. But because of the gospel, we receive education. Women's uh, power uh, empowerment is really great. The video that you just saw, the Konyak tribe. Uh, we have the first Naga senator from that tribe who is serving in the parliament of India. And I know that if the gospel was not brought to us by those uh, early American Baptist missionaries, we would still be so much behind. We would still be living in darkness. In our next slide, just like the Pungyo Baptist Church, I told you there are 360 um, villages, churches filled with thousands of people worshiping the King of Kings and Lords of Lords. The, other, the next slide is one of the churches that my grandfather used to pastor. My grandfather is still alive. He's 97. He served in the pastoral ministry for 57 years. So this is one of the churches that he pastored. And a lot of, in the, uh, in the next slide, you'll see a lot of young people are so passionate about Jesus and spreading the gospel. And in the next slide, I want to show you about uh, how God worked uh, and heals God's leg miraculously with the Naga's pit. <laughs> you can ask him in details how it, uh, how it happened and how um, major things did not, um, you know, Go, go through in that situation. It could have gone worse. And in our next slide, you will see um, uh, from this church, a young, right? The youngest one that has gone from this church is Noel. Uh, Ryan has been there too. Sammy. Uh, Sammy, how many times have you been there? Twice, yes. So Sammy and uh, Patrick also have uh, come uh, come there twice, and Sammy actually built a home there. And so we are very uh, grateful because the government of India changed that when we have an orphanage home or a home for boys and girls, that the boys and girls have to be in separate buildings. Uh, if Sammy did not build the home. For the boys there, the boys would, uh, we would have to send them back home. They would never, they wouldn't be allowed to stay there. So I just want to uh, say thank you for your uh, partnership again and sending uh, the wonderful group of people to the ends of the earth from this church. And I want to close uh, with this from Acts 26 when Paul uh, received his mission call from Jesus himself, Acts 26. This is what Jesus said to Paul. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them 
to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Acts 26 verse, verses 17 to 18. So church, what is the ambition in your life? Paul's ambition was to preach Christ where he was not known, where he was not named. And in obedience, William Bettycrew sacrificed his life so that he could bring the Dankul Naga from darkness to light, so that he could give us the freedom from worshiping all those evil spirits. What kind of sacrifice are you willing to make so that you can spread the gospel of Jesus here in the Bay Area? Remember, there are 350 unengaged, unreached people group in the U.S. Or to those of you who are calling, whom God is calling you to be a frontier missionary, What kind of sacrifice are we willing to make in our obedience by faith so that we bring honor and glory to Christ alone and that we would fulfill God's perspective for all nations? And when I say all nations, the ethnic, the ethnic groups, the people group. So ponder on those two questions for the rest of the week. Your ambition in life. What sacrifice are you willing to make for the, God, for the sake of the gospel? Amen.